The Red Bull rant is a free-flowing conversation about soccer that may include adult language. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to the Red Bull Rant. I'm Jason Iapico. I'm Pat McDonald. I'm Truman, and this is episode 124 of Farewell to Arms, and Legs, and Headers, and Cool Armbands, and the Season. <laughs> and Pat's Mustache. Mm-hmm. And Bobby Convey. <laughs> and Richard Eckersley. <laughs> <laughs> Although, I don't... I don't think we're really too sad about Convy going. Nope. I don't even know he was here. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. The uh, season's over. And it's, uh, it's a great feeling. It really is. Uh, yeah. Red Bulls, Red Bulls went up to New England, got two road goals, but fin- finished with a 2-2 draw, which resulted in a 3-4 aggregate loss for the Red Bulls. And you Poof. can't help but wonder how much Jermaine Jones's red card, or should have been red card, would have affected this series. Oh, shut up! Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> shut up! No, I... no, we are not going back two fucking games and worrying about that for what effect it had on the last game of the season. Are you serious? What we should be taught, the narrative of this story is there's no reason to be ashamed with how this team went out in this game. They fought valiantly on the road, on the turf, where neither Olave or Andre has played this year, and they've played a hell of a game. Screw this red card bullshit. The rest screwed us. <laughs> Done with it. And that turf, that turf ended Thierry Henry's career. He killed him. He was murdered by the turf. <laughs> the best part was the only reason I mentioned it, because I figured Truman would, and I wanted to be the first. <laughs> Pat needs to go on rants more often. Yeah. Uh, the sh- <laughs> uh, <laughs> I thought I was going to have that kind of reaction. I would have, like, led with that, but... Uh. Right, anyway. Uh, I-, I am in complete agreement. The Red Bulls had a-, a fantastic game, considering they didn't have their leading goal scorer, that Henri and Olave were playing on turf. And it was... I, I wasn't there, but it, I believe it was below, f- below what, 45 degrees? that day? I don't remember exactly what the temperature was. Yeah, around there. But that's, you know, it's a, it's, that's not easy, especially with guys like Henri and Olave, they're injury prone. But let's get into our dislikes for this one. Pat, you're up first. Since we know what you liked about this, what did you dislike? Um, and it's, you know, it's tough to really dislike. I mean, I guess, uh, I guess my lone dislike would be uh, that everybody forgot Charlie Davies still knows how to score goals. Um, that, you know, he he definitely may, was the difference maker. Those two goals put the team away, and uh, there's really nothing other than uh, to dislike other than that. Ayango. <sighs> I don't think I have to explain the play that led to the second goal, but he was definitely the number one catalyst of, instead of just letting Robles get the ball, he kind of stepped in front of it, kept the ball alive, bounced around, and the second goal scored. But he's a rookie, and he's going to make rookie mistakes, and uh, he'll know never to do that again. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, that's honestly the only thing I can really dislike about that game. Uh, so my dislike is the fact that this was Henri's last game for the Red Bulls, and it was on turf. <laughs> turf monster. Turf monster. It was, it, it'd be one thing It'd be one thing if it was like the turf in Portland, which is actually pretty decent, but no, this is turf that was laid out for football, so it's not as great as other other fields. But thankfully, and, and I'll just I'll lead off with the likes, since I kind of can segue into it. Thankfully, Henri put on a hell of a performance in that game, and we were so fucking close because of shit that he did on that in that game. And if that was, and since that was his last game in the Red Bulls uniform, even though we lost, I am so glad that we got a performance like that out of him because that is what he has been for this team. Despite what a bunch of crybabies want to say and post on the internet about how he wasn't good to this team, you know, not even going to get into that bullshit that I've been reading this week. Right. But yeah, it, it was. It was great to see him play. He played so well. Uh, uh, I tell you what, let me throw in just a little tiny minor dislike, and, and it, it was very small, but that was when he received that perfect pass right into the box, and, you know, Shuttleworth pretty much made the save on him, and there was, I think it was like Leon Dillon, one other player, it might have been Cahill, didn't react to the ball getting like you know, the rebound, they just assumed it was either saved or there was going to be a penalty called. And if either one of them for that split second saw that ball sitting there, they could have had a shot on net. But I digress. That's, you know, minor stuff. Uh, what I liked about the game is that, yeah, that was uh, that was me at work standing up the entire second half watching that game because that's how exciting it was. It was end-to-end. I mean, it was frantic. It was certainly no team uh, bunkering. That's for damn sure. You know, they both were going for it. Uh you know, Cahill had a great goal, and William Duell is awesome. I think, I, you know, I, I'm really hoping he does come back next year. Uh, the, the Red Bulls fans that traveled up there, what more could you ask for? I mean, they were going nuts the entire time. There's really not a lot to dislike about the game other than they're not going to L.A. for the final. That's really about it. Agreed. Yeah, I mean, and to, uh, to add to my little rant, I mean, like, uh, yeah, I mean, it was a great final game for uh, Andre. It was a great game overall. And uh, I'm a big fan of Tim Cahill's goal. I mean, that just uh, keep going even though the guy was just, just shove your leg in between the, your, your opponent's uh, legs to get that shot off. Got to love yep. that. Got to love that effort. And uh, so we also have a, a listener email. And th- this is more on the negative side. So I probably should have read it first before we did anything else. Um, it came in from Charles Mondora. He says, Haunted by that volley. Otherwise, good effort, and this is all about Thierry for me. I will miss the moments of greatness. Also, Jermaine Jones is a piece of shit forever and always. <laughs> <laughs> Agreed. So, there you go. And I, I don't want to go too much into this. The only reason I'm bringing it up is because I thought it was kind of funny. Is And our, our guest from a few weeks ago understood where we were coming from with last week's show title, but a few Reds fans didn't. And it was kind of funny. Oh, poo on them. Yeah. Wow. Probably going to get your first title. Relax. No, they're not. I don't know. I think so. I, my, my money's on New England. I think they're the hotter team right now. I think they're the better team. Ooh. They may be better. Are we, but, are we picking a final right now? Are we, pick, are we picking the final right now? We, we, we can. We're, I, I was going to save for the okay. end, but we can do it now. All right. So, All Pat, right. go ahead. What's your prediction okay. for Sunday? Uh, I think a 2-1, a 2-1 uh, win for the New England Revolution. I mean, I think... The only reason they're not at the top of the league as it is right now is because they had that swoon in the middle where they just didn't, weren't, didn't have it all together. But now that they put it all together, I think uh, 
I mean, look, uh, you know, L.A. wasn't exactly impressive in putting away uh, Seattle. And, uh, you know, the Red Bulls gave certainly, uh, you know, New England only squeaked by the Red Bulls, but the Red Bulls also played probably the best soccer they played all season. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to go 2-1 win for the Revs on the road. I like the Galaxy 3-1. to one. Um, Landy Cakes' last game, uh, Mr. MVP on the field. I think the Red Bulls, uh, you know, they were able to expose New England in the last couple games uh, defensively, and if L.A. can do what the Red Bulls did. I mean, I think the, I think L.A. is going to do, can attack even more. Uh, they, they are an attacking machine. And I think Seattle showed in their playoffs that they were really good defensively, and I don't think New England's as good defensively as Seattle was. I mean, come on. This is the way they're going to send off Landon Donovan if Don Garber has to get down there himself and shoot half the New England Revolution players he wants. Him and the U.S., you know, U.S. men's national team want him going on on top. So, yeah, I like Galaxy 3-1 to one, and to finally have more titles than uh, D.C. United. Yeah, I, I th- that's good. I was going to say that would be the best thing just because of the whole D.C. thing. I mean, it's going to be great when D.C.'s no longer at the top of the league in terms of um, MLS Cup victories because I don't, I don't hear a lot about of it, a lot about it, but I'm sure some people do, and why not? Although I, I'm going to be in Baltimore with some D.C. fans, so maybe I can rub it in a little bit. Hey, you know, we beat in the playoffs, and you guys are no longer on top of uh, MLS Cup victories. But anyway. Right. Uh, also, fuck DC. Well, yeah, of course. I mean, that's that's a given, isn't it? Um, so anyway. Yeah, fuck em. I think, you know, with the whole Landon Donovan thing, uh, Robbie Keane, MVP, all that crap, even though they haven't had the best playoffs, especially the last two games against Seattle, I think that there's just too much going in LA's favor at this moment. To it's almost like the immovable force meets the unstoppable object, and it's just wow, that was completely backwards. <laughs> uh, it was mm. the unstoppable force and the immovable object. Maybe. I don't know what the fuck I was saying. Um, yeah, take two. Uh, anyway, I think that's what's going to be. It'll probably be two one scoreline, but I think LA just has too much going for it, and it's going to be enough to knock off New England. And uh, yeah, so. That's my prediction. Plus, also, I predicted the Galaxy to win like two months ago, so I, I mean, I got to stay by at this point, right? I can't fucking change my mind. And I always feel oh, better so for, when the team that knocks me out of the playoffs wins the wins the title. For the record, it and I was I had a, after the game when I was thinking about it, I was like, damn, I was pretty close. If you go back and listen to the LA Galaxy preview from earlier from a few months ago, I predicted it was going to be a LA New York final in LA. And I was two goals away from being correct. So. Almost nice. got your prognosticating skills up to par. Almost. Almost there. What All right, so now, sure. Yeah. All right, so now time to move on to some team news. Uh, the Rebels have had, made a lot of waves, actually, and, and, and a lot of positive news, I would say, in the, in the last few days since uh, the loss. Um, we're going to start with probably the biggest news of them all. Uh, we know you already heard about it, but first... Oh God! Too soon! Oh, you magnificent French man! Oh my God! I'll never look. I'll never look at NASCAR go without crying again. 
Oh, Olimpico! <laughs> that bicycle oh, that one oh, time. Oh, God. Oh, oh, shoving goals in fans' faces. Oh, oh God. All right. Hold, okay. I mean, I got a tissue. Hold on. Hold on. Okay. I'm sorry, guys. I, I, I lost it there. I apologize. Right. You, you, you what were we good? talking about? Can, can, we, can we continue on professionalism? Yeah, Did you guys have a minute to, to break down? Sure. What, what, what were we talking about? I don't remember. Uh, now I'm kind of scared to mention it because I'm afraid you're going to break down again, but I guess I have to risk it. Um, Thierry Henry is con- Thierry Henry's contract is up, mm-hmm. and he will not be returning to the Red Bulls in 2015. Oh, no. Yeah. Why? 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 Oh, God. Why, why, Titi, why have you forsaken us? Uh, okay, I'm fine. Yeah, it's a shame. You good? We, we can go. We continue now. Yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, okay. I'm fine. I'm back. All right. Good. Uh, so yeah, he's uh, decided that he is going to take some time off and figure out what he's going to do, which will probably end up being a return trip to Arsenal for his last run with the team. Uh, maybe some coaching after that. We'll see. But what do you guys think? Uh, without crying, Truman, what do you think the team's going to do to replace our, the captain for the last four and a half years? Not, nothing. Matt, you can go first. You don't replace or Thierry Henry. First. No, hold on. Yeah, you don't replace Thierry Henry. The, the end. Uh, how do you replace one of the, the greatest players of all time? You don't. The end. Go ahead, Pat. Okay. Uh... <laughs> No, I, you know, I, I think you pretty much, yeah, it's true. You, you can't. You don't replace uh, Thierry Henry. Uh, that being said, with the signing of, of Bradley Wright Phillips to a DP contract, I'm kind of hoping, I mean, that's almost your one step in essence, but uh, he was, as he was already with the team. But I'm, I, what I'm hoping, if anything, that maybe, don't get me wrong, I'm very grateful for the four years that Henry gave us. I thought they were phenomenal. Uh, I say four years, that first half year, as we all remember, he didn't really do much. But, uh, you know, I'm hoping that with the, him leaving and with the team signing Bradley Ray Phillips to a DP contract, we're now looking at the post-superstar era of at least the Red Bulls. Um, because with that, we, can, we know at this point with our league, if we're getting a superstar in, they're past their prime. And despite, as good as Henri was, our league is only going to get better you know, they're only these guys are eventually not going to quite be able to keep up with them when they're not in their prime. So I'm kind of hoping we're at, we're entering a post superstar era, um, and, and we'll see some younger uh, next level players. By that next level, I mean next level up from MLS. Uh, but yeah, it's still a level below the Ronaldo's, the uh, you know the Henri's stuff like that. Um, but that and that that. Is my best, most convoluted way that I can answer: Have they replaced them, or are they replacing them? But it was a hell of a ride, a hell of a four-year ride. I'll say that much. And I like the way, you know, if you watched his little post-interview, what he talked about. He, it was always going to be a, a four, four and a half-year contract. Mm-hmm. Yep. Which I think a lot of fans forgot about when he signed on, because I, I remember when he signed. That was always the plan. I think from day one, that was kind of mentioned. Like, this is four and a half years, and that's it. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why people were curious if he was coming back. He wasn't coming back, and he didn't want it to be a distraction, which was great. I think that's the way to go out. You didn't have to have the Derek Jeter farewell tour, you know, every place he went. 
you know, I, I like I like the way it all went down, and I think he improved uh, the recognizability of the league, like David Beckham did. He definitely helped bring fans in, and I think, like he said, when you when you showed a team that was winning in the playoffs, and definitely went out guns blazing, that's going to hopefully keep the fans for next year. They're not just some also ran. They didn't, you know, not make the playoffs. They didn't go up to New England, lose three nothing. You know, these guys fought their asses off, and that's haven't we? We've talked about this how many times? The way you keep fans is winning the games. It doesn't matter who you bring in, you win. That's it. Winning mentalities, and uh, I think I really think he was a huge help to uh, the league and this organization. Actually, it's kind of interesting if you compare what he said on his last media day to the last comments we've heard out of Cahill because he wasn't in the last media day for some reason. Cahill was talking about how when he came here, and I, I don't mean to start this as a Cahill bashing, but it's just just to show the reflection of or the, the differences between the two players. Cahill said that when he came here, there were like maybe 5,000 people in the stands, and he's the reason for everybody showing up. <laughs> forget the forget the fact that, you know, the Red Bulls averaged at least fifteen to 16,000 every year since Red Bull Arena opened. But then you get, like you, you mentioned on the flip side, is, and I think he actually admitted it, that it's about winning. People want to see a winner, and that's what he was here to do, was to win. He That's what he wanted to do. He didn't come in here... Like most people think a past their prime player would and, you know, cash in a paycheck. I mean, I know at the beginning of his first full season, that's how people saw him because he hadn't scored. But once he scored that goal against San Jose, it was all business. And it was very obvious that he wasn't here to cash a paycheck. He was here to play. He was here to make his mark in MLS. He was here to win a title. And... Unfortunately, the team couldn't do it, and he said it's not an individual effort. It's a team effort. We win as a team. We lose as a team. It, this is a guy who got it. I mean, I, I didn't follow his career before he got here. I don't know how he was, but he understood that it wasn't just him on the field, and it, it's kind of surprising because you would think, you know, a superstar would be all about me, but K, or Tim, <laughs> I was about to say Cahill, um, but Henri seems like a very humble guy in how he speaks. Because since I started really following the team as a blogger slash podcaster, I have n- almost never heard him make a selfish comment. And if he did, it was a very, 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 very small kind of comment where it doesn't really mean anything. So, I mean, that the Rebels are going to miss that kind of a player especially with the skill level he brought. Because even at 70%, he was still heads and shoulders above any player in this league. And it, I, I wish he can have another year, but I understand why he wants to not continue in MLS. It's it's a very grueling schedule between travel and how MLS schedules things. And I, I can't blame him for wanting to go back to Arsenal, which was his first major club, and you know, fin- and kind of bring it full circle and finish where it started. And at that if he signed another year, that probably wasn't going to happen. He wasn't going to get a proper farewell tour in Arsenal, and I, I don't blame him for leaving. I, like I said, I wish I can keep we can keep him around another year, but I, I'm just I'm more glad to have had him on the Red Bulls for the last few years than to not have had him at all. And that sounds really corny, but that's why I feel. And, and you know what? Again, you're talking about a guy who came here. He loved New York City. I think we all know because he got a freaking giant tattoo of New York on his arm. And he went back and he researched the team's history and researched 
the fan history, and he comes out with an armband with some of the Metro Stars colors on it. The guy, he like you said, Jay, he didn't come here just to collect the paycheck. If he wanted to go collect the paycheck, he could have gone anywhere and gotten a ton of money dumped on him. You know, he he really was a guy that wanted to expose MLS to the world, and he. I think he did that. I really think he did, and I think it's a league that's not going to be really uh, taken lightly. Obviously, it's not a superpower league. We all understand that, but it's it's on the map, and it's you know, like as we said, with David Beckham coming in first, and more players coming here, the U.S. players coming back, it's shown its strength, and he was absolutely a huge, huge part of that. I, I feel like we should just kind of end the show here, but we do have more to talk about. It's um, so. Pat, we mentioned this already, so we'll bring it up now. Um, Bradley Wright Phillips was officially signed this week as a designated player. Uh, we don't know the terms of the contract because MLS likes to keep those things hidden, so we don't know if it's a, you know, like a $3 million contract or even just like a $600,000 contract. Uh, we'll probably wait till like January, February to find that out. Um, but what, what do you guys think about Wright Phillips being made a designated player? It made sense. I mean, when the guy, when you're. When you have a guy on your team who ties the uh, all-time lead in goals, I mean, I don't know how you you don't make give him that contract. I mean, that's those are the players that should be making the big bucks in this league, the ones scoring the most goals. Uh, so it just yeah, it just makes sense. I'm okay with it. I mean, you're replacing you're in essence replacing uh, Henri's cap hit right then and there, and uh, you still have room for one more DP and possibly a third because I'm still not convinced Tim Cahill will be back. I don't think anybody is. Honestly, and yeah, I agree. This is a great move. I think uh, I think we all knew this was coming as the season was going by, and he was scoring more and more goals. Smart player. Uh, I think this is the the DPS you're going to see now. I really think it's going to be someone like a Bradley Ray Phillips. It won't, like we said, it's not going to be the the big superstars. I mean, you never know with this team. I think if there's one out there, they might grab it. But if you're signing DP contracts, the guys like Bradley Ray Phillips, not a superstar, but is scoring goals and is. Uh, a great player and a great person, you know, well, well deserved uh, for him. And yeah, and I have a nice poster of him now that I'm going to put on my wall. So thank you, Red Bulls, for that. Uh, I completely agree. It it kind of, it only it makes sense. I mean, with Henri leaving, you free up a bunch of cap space. You might as well pay the guy, so to say. Because I don't I don't remember how long his contract was, but he he deserves it. I mean, in the year and a half he's been here, uh, you know, look the last half season in. Uh, 2013, he wasn't as impactful, mainly because he wasn't getting your minutes. But when he's had minutes, right. he's made them count. So you pay the guy because he's proven that he can play in this league. And you need that talent, especially goal scoring talent, because while defense is important, if you don't score, goal, score goals, you can't win a game. So why not? And you know what? Good, good on the team to sign him before the new CBA gets uh, negotiated. Because you don't know if they're going to increase that cap hit uh, after this, the new or change the DP rules. So good to get them in on the DP rules that you have now. Yeah, for sure. Uh, speaking of, uh, that, that was a bad segue. <laughs> I was going to try to segue to something that was terrible. Um, so the other roster moves that were made this week, uh, seven players' uh, contract options were not renewed. Those players were Bobby Convey. Richard Eckersley, Pascal Kimura, yeah, <laughs> just gonna say who down this list, right? Uh, Marius Obakop, Damian Prinelli, uh, Ibrahim Sagaya, and Sire Sen. Uh, I 
pretty sure that Eckersley and Sagai are the two biggest names on the list. But in general, I don't see any problems with this because all those guys are making north of $150,000. And in this league, $150,000 plus is not a small number. And, I mean, and weren't they going to maybe uh, negotiate a little bit, I think, with Sagai and Eckersley from what I heard? Yeah, this doesn't that mean that not, they can't come back. It just go. means that... Right, right. It, it just means that their current contract is now done because it was, I guess, a team option for the next year, and the team decided that they're not going to renew it. Either meaning that, you know, it's possible that because Sagai can come back on a higher paid salary, or it's very possible they could say, listen, we need to bring you, we want to bring you back, but we want to cut a little bit to bring some other talent in. So this doesn't mean that any of those guys are actually gone. It just means that they're currently off contract. And right. they will have yeah. to be protected or not in the expansion draft, which is another thing that we'll, uh, maybe we'll talk a little bit about before we leave uh, today. But we'll definitely be talking about next week since uh, that expansion draft will happen, I believe it's Monday, at, right at the day after MLS Cup. Exciting. That's exciting. Yeah. Imagine winning the Cup and like, oh, by the way, you're now putting on a shitty team. Good news. You're going like to go, go play for NYCFC, which means you're going to go to uh, England and train for 10 days and then come back here and move around a lot before you actually play. <laughs> oh, boy. That sounds great. Mm. What a plan. Indeed. I want to ask you guys this about Sagaya. Uh, do you want him back? And I only ask this not because I think he has been uh, pretty decent, but he's not very fleet of foot, and that's definitely something they, this team's been exposed on a couple times. So, do you wa- do you want him back, or would you rather go with Matt Miazga, or maybe bring in another younger player who might be uh, a little bit faster? I, I personally probably would not bring him back. Um, he is a bit uh, he is on the wrong side of thirty, um, and I, and I think yeah, I think you kind of said it. I think it, the team as a whole. I think I exposed for being a little old this year. I think they need to get younger, faster, um, you know. And, and I, to a certain extent, I, that even goes towards the idea of not re-signing Henri if that were an option, because if you re-sign him, you would have to keep all the old guys. Um, but yeah, no, I think the team needs to get younger. They need to get faster. And uh, Sagai is someone. Yeah, no, I would not. I would probably not bring back. The only way I would bring Sagai back. And this is the biggest if, is if the Red Bulls couldn't find some MLS veteran out there to take his spot. Because Matt Miazga had maybe, I think it was like seven or eight games played this season. He doesn't have enough under his belt to be a regular starter at this point. Um, so you kind of need somebody in there to help mentor him a little bit. Um, you know, Alave is a great play- person for that. But until Miazga is up on his feet, I think they're going to need a veteran presence back there. And I would try to find somebody else in MLS first that is established. Uh, even if he is on the wrong side of 30, as long as he's like a little bit lower price than the guy is, and hopefully a little faster since we have been exposed on, in terms of speed. But until Miazga is ready, I don't think the Red Bull can afford to not have somebody that has played and has the experience to help teach Miazga. I think that's, that's going to be the key is... Finding someone that could fill in temporarily until Miazga is basically is uh, ready to go. As long as his name uh, doesn't end in Colin and he didn't used to play for uh, Sporting KC. <laughs> screw that guy. I don't like him. All right, so let's let's move on then. Um, two more things that we plan to talk about. The first is Luis Robles, the only Red Bulls player to win a postseason award 
this year for Ooh. his double save against the Seattle Sanders during the regular season. So he won the uh, MLS save of the year. Yeah. He, he won the MLS yeah. double save of the year. Oh. <laughs> yeah, which one is actually the save that got nominated? <laughs> do they combine into one super save, or do you go with the second save? I don't know. But, I, I mean, well, well deserved. Hell yeah. And it's always funny to see Sad Dempsey. But if oh. it was the first save, I don't think I would have voted for him. <laughs> the second yeah. save was very good. I would have voted for mm. that one. But the first one, not as good. I, I think the second one actually is a little more impressive because I mean, he got up off his ass. And <laughs> it, w- it wasn't just he got up off his ass. He had to like dive out to his side on top of that. So uh, of those two, the second is probably more impressive. Yeah, no, it was it was beautiful all around. Yeah, all right, unfortunately, so... didn't get goaltender of the year. Nope. Some guy who plays in well, a okay. it falling apart. Hell, all did. It's okay. The uh, the Castrol Index Player of the Year wasn't the MVP. Mm. Actually, wasn't even the finalist. Wasn't even the finalist. Yet the league has this Castrol Index specifically to rate players, and there you go. But Oops. anyway, uh, so the last piece of news we had planned to talk about. Uh, Forbes Mexico and yes I said Forbes Mexico because apparently there are two different Forbes magazines out there uh, Forbes Mexico looked at all of the clubs soccer clubs excuse me, in North Central and South America did valuations on all financial evaluations on all of them and came up with a list of the top 30 uh, financial teams uh, in the three uh, regions the New York Red Bulls were the highest valuated franchise in Major League Soccer, the highest valuated hey franchise boy. in North in North America, hey and the fifth. Uh, wait, no, no, I'm sorry, that's not right. Mex- there was a Mexico team I think that came in before that. And I gotta Chivas. go check. It's Chivas, yeah, Chivas. I wonder what they Chivas. She was saying there too. Uh, <laughs> let's see. I gotta. <laughs> Took you a second, huh? Most valuable ranky dink um, organization that doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. All right. So the top five, uh, number one is Corinthians, valued at, uh, I believe this is American dollars because it doesn't say on the actual article. Um, it's pesos. Corinthians came in. <laughs> well, it's MDD, so I wasn't sure what that exactly means. Um, Corinthians comes in at $579.9 million. Uh, Brazil Club Guillermo comes in at 354.4. Uh, another Brazilian club, Palmeiras, comes in at 343. Guadalajara comes in 279 and the New York Red Bulls are evaluated at $250.5 million. Yeah. Now, when I uh, when I wrote about this piece in 2013, and this is, I think, kind of interesting, in 2013, Forbes.com, which I guess is the American branch of Forbes since, I don't know, anyway, um, when they did the evaluation at the end of 2013, the Red Bulls, uh, where is the number? I lost it. They, uh, they were valued at number six in MLS last year at 114 million dollars. So not only their evaluation grew by apparent approximately 136 million dollars, and they jumped five different teams in the standings for MLS. I think I think the uh, Mexican one. I think what they did is they took in into account stadiums. So they took into account assets as opposed to just the value of the team itself. Correct. I and think that was with everybody. Well, it was the assets, yeah. players, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. The problem was in 2013, it wasn't clear what they what Forbes used. They, The article from Forbes from Mexico says that they used 
uh, the cost of the stadium if it was owned by the team, uh, the price of the roster, and the value of the brand. And when I posted the article, uh, who was it? Juan, uh, Juan Pena. Yeah. Um, at, what's his Twitter handle? At Juan Pena Photo, F-O-T-O, said that apparently the Red Bulls had paid off the cost of Red Bull Arena last year. And that that is part of the reason that the valuation jumped so much. Was because now that they fully own the stadium, that it was obviously worth more. So And they can finally start paying their taxes. Uh, uh, yeah, they can do that too. Alright, so do you guys want to talk expansion draft or no? We don't have to. Dear I'm God, no. I, if we, no. Because we can. But. Not really. Nope. nope. Okay. Alright, fair enough. I okay. do we'll not. not bore people with that. All right, so unless do you guys have anything else you wanted to bring up? Because that was the end of our agenda. Um, hmm, uh, not really. Uh, the only thing I have to say uh, is, uh, like Public Enemy would say, "Fight the power." So I'm going to say, "Fight the power." <laughs> you got the fight the powers that be, uh, and yeah. kind of, kind of in that fight the power thing. If you haven't read it, read uh, Don Garber's interview on ESPN FC. Kind of talks his way around, he, like. I think talks himself in circles on a number of things about how financially hurting the, t- the league is, because he one sentence says it's hurting, and another says, "Oh, we're doing fine. We don't need expansion fees to keep us afloat." And then uh, when Jeff Carlisle asked him, "Well, you say the hundred million losses, how, does that count in the money you make off Soccer United marketing?" And he's like, "I'm not going to talk about that." So basically, fight the power, MLS Players Union. Dig your heels in. Dig, dig your heels in with the CBA because guess what? The league, the last thing the league wants is uh, to possibly miss the debut of their baby NYC FC at the beginning of next season. So you've got yeah. all, you've got all the league, you know, all, you got so much. The players have I, the leverage. The leverage. That's the word I'm yeah. looking for. You got all the leverage in the world. Use it. All right. So to wrap up. Uh, you can visit uh, our affiliated site, Once a Metro, which I think I forgot to mention in the opening, um, at onceametro.com. You can visit our website, redbullrant.blogspot.com. You can email us during the week at redbullrant at gmail.com. You can call us at 973-348-5329 on Facebook, facebook.com slash redbullrant. On Twitter, at redbullrant for the show, at Dr. Stooge for myself, at pmacd82 for Pat. At the Truman for Truman. Subscribe to us via iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or at SoundCloud.com slash red hyphen bull hyphen rant. Um, we will probably be back next week or the week after with our season wrap-up show. Uh, we have to talk about that because we have a lineup of guests. Um, aside from that, until we are here again, have a safe and enjoyable December since uh, Christmas shopping apparently is a bitch to do. Um so, any last words for you guys before we wrap this one up? Uh, yeah. Galaxy, you better win. Don't make me look stupid, you jerks. Oh, and I'm not getting a Red Bull tattoo, and Pat is not jumping into the Passaic River. So I was really worried about jumping in the Passaic River. After I thought about it, I was like, oh, man, we're going to have to find a section that doesn't have shit in it. Like, that I like. Yep. I wouldn't, didn't want to impale myself. Yeah. Sorry, everybody. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> well, you can always do it next year. Yay! Oh boy. It'll be dirtier by then, so you don't have to actually find a spot that's clean. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so on that note, for Pat, 
Truman, and myself. This was episode number 127 of the Red Bull Rant. Thank you guys for tuning in, and we'll talk to you later. Peace out. Late.